Pulp MX Network production. Thanks for all the support, Pulp MX fans. The Pulp MX app is now available for both iPhone and Android-based phones. For all your moto needs, shop at btosports.com and use the current discount code PULPMX. And don't forget to click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com when purchasing anything from Amazon. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOSports.com and ThorMX. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOSports.com RacerX podcast presented by ThorMX, our friends at ThorMX, the official gear of Martin Davalos and other pro circuit heroes over there. Uh, check them out, ThorMX.com and BTOSports.com, big supporters of the RacerX podcast show. Listen, in to, uh, listen to the commercials to save money at BTOSports.com. We thank you for listening. We thank those guys for being on board. This is the Millville Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Steve Mathis. With me on the line is uh, the two Jasons, as usual, the two Jasons. Uh, former top privateer in the sport, two-time German Supercross champion. Uh, terrible 2009 East Coast Lights decision. Uh, none other than Jason Thomas. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be glad to debate that decision with you anytime you want. But should not have, You should not have ridden lights in 2009. It was a terrible move, and you, you, and you were terrible. Should I have not have ridden at all? Because that's all I could ride. I was at a broken leg. Just join the 450 series halfway through. I, I already did that, and I couldn't. The bike was too heavy. I couldn't really ride yet. So, okay. Uh, yeah, just keep making keep making uninformed claims. You're good. No, I said you were terrible. That's not uninformed because you were. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you're just you know, you just weren't that lights class just passed you by at that point. At one time, you were a great lights rider. At one time, you were also very light. Yes. That time has also passed you by. Fantastic. Uh, also on the line is uh, my, my boss uh, from RacerX Online, getting ready to head to Loretta Lynn's for a week of drinking, announcing, and more drinking in that order. Uh, Jason Wygant. Yes, but the drinking is alcohol and followed by pickle juice. So that's why you had to give it the two drinkings, because little known secret to all you aspiring announcers out there, gargling pickle juice is the one way to save your voice when you have to announce for six straight days. Yeah, generally speaking, by the end of Loretta's, you're shot. Your voice is gone. Yeah, but that's a bit of a rub this year because the end of Loretta's this year is two hours of live television on NBC. So the voice being shot on Saturday afternoon ain't going to work this year. Now, please tell me that Wes Kane and Johnny O'Hanna will be fighting for the the mic again, and, and you'll have more stories about that. Well, I wish, but I think O'Hanna's retired. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah, just that's it. I mean, it was... Uh, he dropped the mic and left? I heard a um, comparison to the Evil Knievel Snake River Canyon jump. <laughs> like, approached the ramp hard, launched hard, big hype, going to do incredible things and go places, but then it fell to earth as quickly as it shot up into the air. Oh, man. Just saying. Yeah, that's terrible for, for people who are in the market for people with made-up names to become somebody. You know, like that's really a big blow for them. Uh, what, what, what is that? I don't know what's going on. JT, sorry, bro, can't control it. 
Okay. Um, what are you most looking forward to at Letterlands? Announcing the classes that Tim Ferry is racing or announcing the classes that Tim Ferry's son is racing? Wait, they're racing? Yes. Uh, okay. Oh, that changes the scouting report a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now, I knew Timmy told me at, I don't know, what is it, Red Bud? That he was still planning on racing, but he still hadn't really done anything to prepare. Oh, no. He's oh. ready. Oh, the, really? The Tim Ferry Robbie Reynard showdown will have the uh, fences packed. Was that mind games from Timmy? Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Games I mean, he got a bike from Cowie. He, you know, like he did it all up. Yeah. Anytime I've asked him, you know, the last two or three years we've been waiting for him to do this. And anytime I've asked him about it, the answer thinly veiled pretty much is, because I don't really want to. Yeah. You know, like, it's funny, like, we line up all the other factors, like the age, amount of time you retired, do you have time, schedule conflicts. But no one ever asked the most important question of, are you willing to put in that kind of work again? Yeah. For what? I'm not sure. For fun? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it was. Su- is his head really in the game? Really? Oh, it's in there. Don't worry about it. Oh. I was oh. a bit surprised that RC didn't do it again. He's, to me, to me, he has a hard time not being in the spotlight. And I'm sure, I could be wrong, and I'm sure he liked all of that last year. And, of course, he dominated. I expected him back. I would think that he would keep that going. He seems to love racing. So I was surprised. I think one uh, thing that gets a little misunderstood with Carmichael staying in the spotlight is that he figured out a way to stay uh, getting steady income by staying in the spotlight. So I don't think it's fully ego-driven, as some might think. Um, He's making money by keeping his name out there. So did you did you ever mind. did you ever talk to him about why he's not doing it again? Did he not like it? Was it too much work? I think that was the plan all along. Like I'm going to go back to Loretta's one time. Oh, okay. It'll be cool. My kids never saw me race. I'm done. Because it is a lot of work. Like Red Dog. Yeah, is yeah. Stuck, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. he did get beat by Jeremy Martin. I don't think that's set well with him. I'll throw that in there. <laughs> I don't. Not it really not a, didn't. Not I don't a, think that affected the decision to not come back. But I know it did not. Right. Make him happy. Um, and we'll get to Jeremy Martin. Um, in this in this review, so um, Weege, who who are going to be the guys making their pro debuts after Loretta's? Uh, I think the highest end name is going to be uh, Matt Bashalia, who's the next Geico guy. Okay, um, man, they're loaded up because forget that they have Zach Bell still. I know somebody right? somebody or Jeff Myshak, the owner, had told me that we're all set next year, and I named all the riders, and I one hundred percent forgot Zach Bell. And he's like, don't forget, don't forget Zach Bell. I'm like, oh, yeah, shit. That's right. Yeah. So, um, so I think Bichelia, uh is, there's a couple other uh, guys. Like, I think Covington is probably, from what I hear, a year away from going pro. And other, um, Anthony Rodriguez, who is star racing, the next guy I think is hurt. So I don't think he's going to be able to race. Um, so we'll see. Obviously, the big hit is that this would have been Webb and Cincerullo's final year there. Yeah. And they're both out of it. Uh, oh, Shane McElrath, obviously, the Trilly guy. Is he going to go pro? Uh, I, I think probably, right? Well, he was supposed to be pro in Hangtown at right, first. Right. He didn't do as well as they thought he would in the Texas races in spring, mm-hmm. in the springtime. So they've held him back. Technically, this is actually a few months late for him. So, yeah, he'll definitely be. Do you do you enjoy Loretta's Weech, or is it a lot of work? Like, Do you, do you like it? Um, 
there was a long stretch of time where it was by far the most fun and the hardest week of the year, uh-huh. which is probably what everybody says about it. Like, no matter what capacity you're in down there, right. it's like the gnarliest, but also the most memorable. Um, but I have to say, I'm not as young as I used to be. It's not quite as fun as it used to be, because it literally would be party all night, announce all day, uh, which well, that, was definitely fun and that could be That could be a Kiss song. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the, t- the Moto T's talent show on Thursday and bust that out. Right. Uh, get my get my big boots on. Party um, all night, announce all day. But I mean, by Friday, uh, after like four or five days of that, like yeah. there were literally days I'm not kidding where I would sleep on the lawn in front of the announcer's tower, and then <laughs> some would come up at six, and I would just walk up to the tower. Because <laughs> there was like no way. I'm like, I can't drive. I can't go anywhere. I'm stuck here. Right. Actually. Uh, responsible for that was the uh, Butler Brothers rig most of the time. Now that what? I think about it, Why, I don't mean? even know what it was doing there. Why? What do you mean? The, the layout of Loretta is, for some reason, the Butler Brothers rig would be parked in this one parking spot where no one—they weren't like no one was riding out of it, so they weren't in the pits. They were just like in the parking lot. So if you were trying to leave, you're like, okay, I think I'm at my limit. I better get out of here. Mm-hmm. You'd have to walk by it, and then just shit would be going off. And then next thing you know, you're inside that truck and just stuff's going crazy. And now you're way over the limit. You guys brought the truck to Loretta's, JT, for many years? Uh, They used to, yeah. Yeah. Who knew? I Um, don't even remember if I saw any of the actual Butler brothers over there. Was a truck. I don't don't know why it was there or who was there with it, but it was awesome. Right, right. Uh, Well, we have a pretty big uh, BTO amateur program, so it would kind of be there in support of that. Is uh, is Loretta's overhyped? Is it is it too much? Um, too much everything like too much everything relies on a week of racing. The only reason well, I think no is because and JT you've raced it right, so you know what I'm. Yeah, many 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 times. Right, so you can say some personal experience. I think it's on purpose. It gets overhyped. Because the real test is how everyone deals with pressure, and by making it mm. probably an unrealistic test, mm-hmm. that's the only way to really test people under pressure. So I think it almost has to be that way. Interesting. That, does that make? Yeah, sense? I was gonna say. I was gonna say. I think it's uh, it's actually a little bit less hype now than it used to be. It used to be the end all be all. Period. Now there's uh, you know all these other amateur nationals that get a lot of attention. Uh, but man, I remember back, back in the nineties, it was, uh, it really was all that mattered. Nobody else cared about anything else. Yeah. But wouldn't you think, uh, wouldn't you think Ponca has, I mean, Ponca has long lost its luster, um, for what it used to be. It used to be Ponca and Loretta's were pretty equal, you know, do good at both. Um, now I don't, you think Loretta's just dwarfs every other amateur? Yes, there are more of them, but don't you think Loretta's dwarfs everything, everything else? Yeah, it's it's still the most important one, but I'm telling you back then, there wasn't when when people were talking about amateur titles back then, uh there wasn't guys that had 100 amateur titles. It was how many times did you you win Loretta Lens? That was how many amateur titles you had. Right. That's all there was. Nothing else counted uh for an amateur title and then at some point uh in the late 90s, everyone started counting all these other titles so you ran into guys that had oh, I have 48 amateur titles and I would be like what are you talking about? Like, oh, I won this at Mini Olympics, and then I won this at Mammoth, and yeah. I won this at 
uh, Joe Bob Jim's uh, Backyard National. You know, it's just like, oh, whatever, guy. Weege, do you think anything counts for amateur titles other than Loretta's? Well, I think it. I think he's right. Like, I think it's still bigger than everyone, and still maybe by yeah. a significant margin, but not to the level that it used to be. Only because I think Loretta's can't get bigger. But right. in general, the whole industry has gotten bigger maybe over the last 20 years, right? right. Everyone's amateur program has gotten more sophisticated. Everyone's spending more money at that level. There's more, uh, there are more scouts looking into riders that age. So I think it's made all the other events grow where Loretta's just still is what it always has been. I think the one other thing, though, that could potentially mess with it down the road is what I just said. I mean, Webb and Cincerullo just skipped it. You know, yeah. now that it's getting to the point where the amateurs are scouted so early that they almost don't even need to win amateur titles, oddly, to get the ultimate goal, which is really just a pro factory ride. That's what you're looking for down there. Uh, that's really going to be strange because that's definitely becoming the new model. Hmm, interesting. Uh, do, we, do we know who's doing any of the vet classes besides Ferry and Renard? I always like looking at those results. Parker probably be there. Trampus will be back. Um, Dubok? No, Dubok's racked up. He won't Dude, be there. Dubok's, uh, yeah, he's up. I have not, I, I literally have all these, like, 45 sheets of paper in front of me, and I used to spit, there were years where I studied all that, and then what I realized is, by the first motos on, like, Tuesday, yeah. that's when you actually figured out what was going on, and you still had five more days, so you might as well just wait. Yeah. So um, I don't, I really don't know. James Stewart, fastest, fastest amateur rider you've ever seen, Weech? Yeah, I think so. I was actually just thinking about that today. Like, when I was thinking about who's going to be there and stuff like that, I'm like, I just don't know if you'll ever see anything like that. Like, it's just such a the, – the level of spectacle of, yeah. like, dude, you have to watch this dude ride. Right. You will just – you will just not believe it. Like, I've seen other guys win. But it was – to me, it was uh, – it reminded me as a kid going to the monster truck events. <laughs> that makes sense? I mean, where are you going with this? Well – like the monster, the early days of monster trucks was like they didn't know what the hell they were doing, so they would just try crazy stuff, and half the time they'd wreck or flip or go on fire. Like you just had no idea what was coming. Uh-huh. And I feel like only Stewart was like that level. Like we need to just watch him ride, even if he was on the track by himself. Yeah. Because it might be crazy. The only monster truck race I ever watched was the one I raced in, where they had a motocross race in halftime, and it was like in between the lanes. Really, that's it. That's it. I never went to a monster truck event. So, I'm not shocked that you did, though. I am not shocked oh, that you did. You also went to those great. quad wars. You mm-hmm. went to monster trucking. You were a flagger. Mud bogs. Mud bogs? Yeah. 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 Yeah, they were big. Uh, what about you, JT? Stewie, or uh, did you ever see Stewie? I guess not, huh? You missed that? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw Stewie since I lived about an hour from him. Well, but I mean, um, at Loretta's. At Loretta's, you know, like at the... Fastest amateur. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I used to go watch. Uh, even after I graduated pro classes, I would go watch there for a lot of years, actually. So, so uh, fastest guy. Yeah, yeah. I would probably agree for sure. He was just the the level of uh, evolve. You know, he was just evolving the sport as a kid. You know, it was pretty crazy. Right. So, um, yeah. all right. Last Loretto's question. Um, Weege, is there another? So, Basaglia turns pro. This is interesting to me. Because this affects pro racing, and that's what I know and care about more so than the amateurs. Basaglia is turning pro uh, for Geico. He's probably going to be pretty good. Is there another Geico guy in the pipeline? 
Yes. Okay. Uh, and I think he's actually been more dominant. So their next guy below him is Jordan, but it's spelled Jordan uh, Smith. He's B rider. And from what I hear, he's actually been more dominant in B than anyone in the A class has been dominant oh, in uh, okay. A. And it's... that's that's also seeping the model lately. Like, there were a couple of years there were Barsha was in the B class, fastest rider there that week. Tomac was in the B class, fastest rider there that week. They didn't come back. Uh, Webb raced B last year, not coming back. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's when you have your pro deal dialed, it's just going to be totally different than it used to be. Like, I bet you you can ask Timmy. Like, Timmy probably went to his last year at Loretta, even though he already was an amateur star for that time. That last race there probably mattered a lot more. Well, I don't know, because he went to the first race as a full privateer, and you know what I mean, despite having the most Loretta Lynn's titles ever. You know. Oh, so it didn't matter because he wasn't going to do anything either yeah, way. Yeah, I don't think back then it was like, hey, yeah, you got a bunch of Loretta Lynn's titles. All right. Then you go to your first moto and you get 17th. Like, you know, that's why Bradshaw getting fourth was so amazing because no one did that, you know. Um, so here's my question, though. So so now they got Jordan. And yeah. So who does – and Adam Cincerello is is up there, and, and he's having a little bit of a tough time being the guy. So, it, again – Mitch Payton's Pro Circuit slash Kawasaki not struggling a bit when it comes to the to the blue chippers. Yeah, but you've talked to Mitch about that. It's he's he said that's not the way he likes to do it. Yeah, but I mean this is affecting the pro program at this point, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean so even guys know. that are in there now, we've said it before, like Bogle was a Kawasaki team green guy. Yeah. And Geico got him. And it might not have been big news, you know, three years ago, but look where we are now. If if like Bogle's starting to wasn't, be better was it, again, wasn't Bell a Cowie guy? Yeah, yeah, yep. So just imagine if Pro Circuit had Bell and Bogle right now. It'd be yeah, I mean, totally different conversation. And, and, and on top of not having the guys, Blake Wharton and Jason Anderson just told Mitch Payton, "Nah, I'm good." Yeah, you know, um, yeah, just a bizarre world we're in right now. Yep. So. Um, all right, let's get to Millville. Anything else about uh, about Loretta's? Sure, we can talk about it next week. Yeah, yeah, we can. Um, chat with you. Well, um, all right, so Millville came and went, and uh, we finally got it done. We we did it. Uh, it's been a rough season for us. Um, we threw it away at Southwick. We, you know, had trouble making the podium here and there. We set some fast times, but we really struggled. We finally did it. James Stewart got the win. One three at Millville. Um, how surprised are you, JT? Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I'm surprised, but I kind of knew for him to win, it was going to have to be that kind of a day where it was just crazy. Guys are crashing and then they're crashing again, and chains coming off. And you know, I was watching the in the middle of the first moto, and when all these guys started having problems, I was just looking because I wanted to see the Suzuki. Uh, mechanics area because I knew if they could relay the message that those guys were having issues and it was really between him, Barsha, and Kennard, I was almost positive he would win. Um, I really feel like that he doesn't think he can beat Dungey or Villapoto straight up right now at this point and where his fitness is and his riding is. But I think he feels like he's better than everybody else. So uh, I think mentally, once he figured out that he had to beat just those two, then it was on. It was uh, – so all we need to do, Weege, is just somehow just stop the Ryans, and we have great racing. Just stop them. I don't know how. Just whatever. Put a stick um, in their spokes. 
I'm, I'm getting a little confused on the we thing here, though. Because if we includes you, mm. you were the one that said after he blew Southwick, that was it. Never going to have another chance like that. Probably not going to happen. Well, yeah, I know. Um, be careful, careful with your royal we. <laughs> we just, it just, you know, it it did rain yellow. It finally <laughs> rained yellow, and and, and I wish you would have used it in the broadcast. I, I really wish you'd, because it was raining at one point. Um, but it no. was raining, but it wasn't. Um, you know, I think it's cool for the sport, honestly, obviously to have James win, but just to have anybody get in there. I mean, the racing. I know that's what you're getting at here. The racing was awesome. Oh, by it was far the phenomenal. best of the year. Yeah, so that's great. Um, but I mean, it's still not. We just said he's the fastest amateur we've ever seen. Like, it's still probably still never going to be the James Stewart that we knew from years ago. I mean, Canard yeah. and Barsha were all over him the whole way. I mean, it was a great ride, but, uh, you know, it wasn't pulling away and winning well, by a minute. Uh, you know, it was second moto. You know, he, he uh, Dungey got him. He got Dungey back. Dungey got him and then pulled out pretty good. You know, like, it was still like, hey, I'm still the guy, you know? So it wasn't, right, it wasn't right. like it was a turning of a corner, but, um, man, we just but it did. was awesome. No, I, mean, it was, it was, yeah. I think it was cool to see. How does Trey Kennard think he, thinks he win, wins in that situation? How does that happen, JT? I don't know, but the people on Vital are, are very much on his side and wondering when the AMA rules changed. <laughs> which, no. I was, oh, yes. Um, no, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've done the same thing, but <clears throat> I was just kind of, uh, I don't know. You know, when I did it, it was 13 years ago. So, um, what? I, you know, as soon as he went over the finish line, I did, I did the same thing in Canada. I went. Oh, you did? 2-2, uh, oh. two, 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 and yeah, I thought I won the overall. But I knew how the rules worked. I just didn't know how it worked in Canada. So, hmm. um, you know, I kind of felt as soon as he went over the finish line, I could tell by his body English he thought he had won. Yeah. And I was just kind of like face palm, like, oh, this is not good. You know, like, <laughs> poor guy. He felt bad for him, and you're just kind of like, I oh, man, you really should know better almost at this point, I think. You know, you've been in title fights and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, like, we, I thought this it was, isn't a new situation. I thought it was strange, too, but, hey, um, you know what? I guess that's taken away from the fact that he rode fantastic. No, he did, yeah. absolutely. It's yeah. not a knock on him. Right. I was just kind of like, it, yeah. it was more the response, everybody, like, freaking out, thinking, oh, they they robbed him. Or I'm like, um, <laughs> no, no. No, no, nothing happened. No, not, not really. Right, right. Um, It was just a great race all around. Even Villa, Villa was just off that crash. I think in that first moto, um, he admitted that it hurt him a bit. He just he didn't want to say how much, but it was a pretty good get off. And even in the second moto, like he he just didn't didn't have it on the day. Maybe some of it was due to track prep and some of that crash. But I was pretty surprised that he couldn't work his way up to second in the second moto. Weege. Yeah, and I think everybody was preparing for the inevitable there. Yeah. Um, once the racing was so much closer at this one, you know, even Dungey, that first moto, he was in third. Then he actually made a mistake and went to fourth. Yeah. Wasn't exactly eating them up. Then he had the chain problem, you know. Yeah. And even the battle, he did win that second moto pretty good in the end. But James got him back, what, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, for a while, the Honda guys were still right there with him. It just didn't seem to have that edge that they normally do. And then I heard a bunch of theories as to why. And we're, I'm sure we're going to get into both of them, track prep and the weather um, yeah, Dungey even said, "I'm not sure why it was closer, but he thought maybe it was the weather. Like, 
maybe they have a fitness edge and it wasn't quite as obvious because well, it was so damn I, cold. I do think they have a fitness edge. Right, but it's yeah. going to be neutralized a bit, right, you know, right. when you yeah. take 30 degrees out of the... It was a weird day, man. Jason, yeah. you, Weed, you were in a trailer the whole time, but JT, it was it was weird, man. I was freezing. Right. Like, literally, right. like, shaking all day because I was cold. I didn't have a jacket or anything. I just didn't... I wasn't prepared, I guess, for, you know, yeah. mid mid or high 50s and windy or whatever it was. It felt like a September day. Yeah, it was, uh, it was gen- you know... Honestly, it was just cold. It really was cold. Even Alex Martin did not like the track prep. <laughs> he was like, I don't know what happened. I don't know what they did. I mean, were they thinking about the rain coming? Were they expecting rain? That was a theory I'd heard. But, like, nobody liked it. I, I touched base with, with James today. He hated it. Uh, Chad didn't like it. Uh, all the guys after the interview, um, post-race stuff, said they didn't like it. Alex Martin said he didn't like it. Like, I don't know. It was weird, JT. What do you think? What do you think happened there? Why was it like that? Uh, I'm not sure. I know they've, uh, you know, there was a couple ideas I had in my head. One could have been the rain thing. Um, another could have been they've really been trying to have the track ideal for practice, and they've been going with this "we can keep it perfect all day" type deal. So I don't know if that was uh, they basically changed their strategy and track prep, but, you know, um, to have it the best it'll be all day in the first practice. Mm, okay. um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it was definitely, you know, much different than normal. It's, there was hardly any ruts. Uh, the turns were mostly flat corners uh, and then kind of an outside burn. So I can understand the maybe not the complaints as much as, it, you know, it's just different, but I can understand guys not liking it. Yeah, yeah. What'd you get here? What'd you hear, Weege? Yeah, same thing. And it was so heavily volunteered. I was down uh, at staging for the second 450 practice, just seeing what was going on. Like, I saw Jake Canada and a couple other guys I wanted to chat with to see what their deal was. And I just hear, hey, hey. And it's Villapoto. And he's like, dude, this track, it's not normal. And he just want like, he he wanted to volunteer this information. And then he went in and all that. It's too hard pack. It's slippery. It's not ripped up as deep, maybe because of the rain. But, like, people were going out of their way. To say this, so then after the 250 guys were done, I went over to ask, and like they were changing tires and changing setup. Um, one of the, I'm not going to name one of the tire guys, but I said, "Hey, are you getting a lot of complaints?" And they're like, "Yeah, we thought the women's class was done." Uh, wow, <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, it was a it was a Dunlop guy, or well, maybe not. Could have been Pirelli. Could have been Pirelli. Could have been Pirelli. Um, <laughs> But uh, really, is that what they said? Well, you know what? And there's there's some truth to that. You know, it's the same track. What? Like, the guy's complaining and bitching. Like, you know, it's the same track for everybody. Well, it's just, I, no, I think it, the complaints were legit. Like, everybody came in thinking it would be deep or sandy or wet, and it wasn't even close well, to that. Yeah, so they're okay. like, uh, the tires we thought we were going to run aren't going to work. Like, that's not that's no. a legit complaint, isn't it? No, I know, but just the guy saying that it sucked or whatever. Like, you know, we, we need different surfaces on the on the track, so. Yeah, yeah. I think it did throw things off, though, quite a bit. Like, I know that a lot of guys were probably going to the line in their motos with a completely different setup than they had earlier today, and then you're just hoping that it's going right. to work, you know? And then you could find out two laps in, oh, shit. I uh, I wandered over. I watched first motos in the tower where the announcers are, uh, team managers are, and stuff like that. Uh, of course, Kenny Watson showed me a, a room that was uh, on the second floor that was heated, and... Um, you know, it was his, his trick to go watch there. 
So I went there and watched there. Second moto, I wandered over to the Sand Whoops. I watched from the middle of the Sand Whoops. I had to go get a photo vest to get in there. But I really wanted to go over there and watch from there because you know, there's no there's no times my phone wouldn't work. There was no, you know, nothing like that. But I could just see the, the whoops and, and so key in, in, at Millville. And so much has to do with uh, uh, your success of the race with those whoops. And I guess, JT, no surprise, uh, James Stewart to me was the fastest guy. He was killing it. Uh, yeah. yeah, where I was, I couldn't really see it, mm-hmm. but you could really just see them go in where how you know basically mm-hmm. the, the time intervals, and then when they come out, yeah, uh, or basically just Stewart passing people there. The first moto, he was obviously, uh, he, you know, in, in true to form, he's always been fast back there. So. Yeah, yeah. He would like uh, one thing he would do is at the entrance, at the inside of the entrance, there's always one big one. He would jump over that big one and downside that. And so, like we talked about on that fly racing show, JT, get a little different rhythm going. Um, he didn't have that much of a different rhythm going, but he would get mom- momentum going into him from pre-jumping that inside one. So, just little things like that, you know, and then he would stick to the left-hand side for the most part. So. Yeah, and it's, those things are all about commitment, too. You know, if, you, if you're willing to go faster and stay on the very top yeah. of them, uh, you obviously hit less of the whoop, and, and so you're getting less rebound off the bike, and uh, things can happen, you know, badly a lot quicker when you're doing yeah. that. Yeah. But um, if things are going right, then it's obviously you know something he's always been really, really comfortable with and good at. Um, we uh, Dunch, like okay, so he made he made a mistake in the um, he made a mistake early, slit kind of almost slid out, and then it's a rock got caught there, and his chain guide it looked like, which by the way, good job missing that. Completely, almost. He said the chain. He said the chain came off. He did. And he had to put it back on. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then the whole moto, he said he was just waiting for it to come off again, like on the face of a jump. Yeah. That. God, but, the guys. But having but up. having said that, like, he didn't look as dominant as I thought. Right. No. Like, no. And then that's why I throw out these two theories. Like, it's been said before that when you have a track that's not ripped up as deep and doesn't get as rough and as flatter, that it somewhat evens the playing field to a degree. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. like the 30th place guy is going to go 1-1 the next week because yeah. of it. And and maybe the weather, too. Or, or maybe he was just off. But I wonder if those things were factors. Uh, um, man, uh, so Dungey lost. Uh, Dungey went 5-1. And, and, and he, he give, him, um, give him a 1-1 finish. It's nine more points. You know, he, he Yeah, should, well, he, I already did this math. Oh. You give him the second that he should have had at Redbud. Right. Yeah. He was, for all intents and purposes, he would have yeah. finished second in that first moto, correct? Right. Twenty-two. If he had won, and that's a big if to say he was going to win this first moto, because like you said, he didn't. He wasn't exactly dominant, but he did win the second moto. So you got to think he could have gotten it done in the end. Mm-hmm. You give him all those points, he'd be two points behind Villapoto right now. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that one DNF. And, I mean, a chain coming off is yeah. pretty bizarre, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, if it's going to happen to anybody, it's going to happen to Dungey. That's what it seems like, right? <laughs> the guy's got well, some I just weird... hate it because, yeah. like, in 2011, it all ended with, uh, if Dungey's chain hadn't come off in Supercross, and if Dungey hadn't had problems with Southwick and Freestone, and right. if it's not similar, like, how does that keep happening just like that? I don't know. Yeah. Good, good, good Isn't it weird? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, is is uh. Well, I guess we already answered the question. I was going to say, JT, as James turned a corner, but no, the Ryans are still just going to be as dominant as ever when the series picks up at Unadilla. 
Um, yeah, I, yeah. I still think those two are easily the best two. Um, like I said, James, I'm, I'm not taking anything away from James, but at the same time, he needs, he needs stuff like that for, you know, to happen for him to win right now. So, uh, why, why do you think Kennard was so good? He hadn't been, he'd been okay. You know, he'd had some good moto rides. Uh, he got a fifth, a couple fifths, I think. And, you know, he was up there at Southwick. He made a mistake. He was up there at Washugo. He made a mistake. But what 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 was the difference? Jimmy Albertson says uh, he ate some trout, but I don't believe. No, I, th- I, don't I think he's Jimmy. just very good at Millville. Yeah, he's always been good there. Uh, his first race back there in 2011, he set the fastest time in practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think he's he's just comfortable on that track. You know, it's it's the closest track for him as for a national right, track. Right. He rode as an amateur quite a bit. So. Weech, how do you guys feel you handle Lasergate? Um, do you really think Michael Essie would have buried his head into his hands had there not been, you know, did you think, I think that was, that was not Michael Essie's normal pre-race routine? No, and here's my proof that you're probably correct. Um, they tried to set up interviews with Mike on Friday and then Saturday morning, and he didn't want to talk. Yeah, once again, yeah. Moto Concepts with their terrific PR. Um, well, no, I, um, I have to say that um, it was, who's the new team manager, the Clark, interim team manager? Clark Jones, uh, Clark, Nolene. Clark Jones, right, the old Nolene guy. He was on board with it. Like, they went over on Friday and said, hey, is Mike here? I think they said, no, he's at the movies. And they're like, oh, okay, sure. And they're like, listen, we're doing this to help Mike put his side out. You know, people are obviously going to say what they're going to say. This is his chance. And if he gets on the podium, we're going to have to ask the question. At some point, he's going to get an interview with somebody, and it's going to be asked. So help him get out in front of this. Yeah. And I think everyone over there agreed, but Mike didn't. Well, well so I think that's on him. Well, whatever, yeah. yeah. And it's on Motor Concepts to not convince Mike to do it or order Mike to do it. Um, you know, if he comes out and he says, uh, I had nothing to do with it, which we all believe it, uh, right. it's unfortunate. Um, yep. I'm trying to focus on my racing. It's too bad. Um I'm just trying hard as I can. It's really bad. I apologize to anybody it hurt. Uh, I knew nothing about it. Mike looks great. It, it's nothing but a good thing for Michael Essie. No, I agree. And you and I remember we were talking to this about with Tom McGovern, the Cowie PR guy. Mm-hmm. And he said, he's like, man, if any air riders ever got involved with something crazy like that, they are doing an interview. Yeah. Yeah. He, he said something like, we're calling you. We're going to call you over. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for that reason, yeah. like it's only for your own benefit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then another media guy told me, and I don't know if this was true or not, but um, he was told no media guys underneath our tent today. So like no pictures or no, nothing like that. It's like what? What are you guys doing? Yeah. I, is this is this the opposite of good good PR right here? You know? Ah oh, man. Well, I'm glad you guys addressed it though, and all that, and it was handled much better than the uh, traction gate. Uh, from Supercross a couple years ago, I thought it was much better handled, you know, from a producer's oh, side, from everything. So, well, Traction Gate happened all in one night, right? One day, yeah. one night. Yeah, there were seven days to help. I did have like somebody on Twitter's like, "God, get off it! You got to keep rubbing it in." But it, you have to understand, like, it wasn't mentioned at all on TV last week. So, from the TV perspective, it hadn't been covered yet at all. Yeah, um, you can't just no, assume. I... Well, everybody heard about it on the Pulp Show on Monday. Oh, screw you! Dude. I mean, who listened to that thing? Right. No, I agree, and and the team manager is gone, so that's a that's a significant, um, you know, event for that team. Right. So. Right. So the way we tried to handle it was, mm-hmm. you can't ignore it. You have to mention it. Here's what happened. Here are the facts, and let's move on. We're not gonna. Right. Do. It's been a hilarious week. Don't get me wrong, oh, but at that geez. level of broadcasting, we got to stay out of that stuff. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know how many people made the joke that, you know, that that video that went around with the yeah. dubbed in? I think every single person on the TV crew said, I want to accidentally slip that in the machine and play that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was pretty good, that video. It was pretty funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, moving moving on deeper in the field. Shorty had a good day, JT. Good starts. Yeah, he's been solid lately. Um, man, the KTMs are really, really good on the starts. I think, uh, you know, more evidence of that this weekend. He was up front both times. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, he's just building. Um, he made a couple mistakes and lost some positions that I think he wanted back. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, he's been solidly inside the top ten and, and banging on the top five door. So. Yep. He, uh yeah, he was strong. Now, um, I, from what I understand, he's he's re-signed with the team for next year and beyond. Uh, that's what I was told. I, I yep. haven't been told that by anyone official, but um, that's cool. I hope so. Right? Anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's good. Um, Matt Gurky on the, staying with that team. Matt Gurky's struggling a bit, but that's to be expected. I mean, he's probably not close to one hundred percent. No, he's not, and I think he would be the first one to tell you that. Is um, you know, he's just trying to put. One one full motor together, and then you know build from there, and then two motors together, and you know he's already uh, you know I think if he hasn't signed yet, he will sign um, with the team again. You know, pretty yeah. positive on that. So he's not really out there trying right. to impress anyone. He's just trying to get back to 100. percent So if if racing is the easiest way to do that, then yeah. by all means, let's get him out there. It's that time again. Thanks for listening to the Racer X podcast show. Brought to you by BTOsports.com. Presented by ThorMX. I appreciate it. Don't forget to click on the Amazon banner on PulpMX.com to help out PulpMX.com. We appreciate it. Listen to these commercials. Buy from these sponsors. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side. X podcast show is brought to you by btosports.com whether you are looking for new gear helmets boots or you need to rebuild your bike from the ground up bto is your source for all of your motocross needs as a proud sponsor of the bto sports ktm race team and the heart of the bto sports amateur motocross team it is obvious that we are about more than being just a store we support the sport that supports us, us. we at bto sports want to give back to you the listener for supporting us and the racer x podcast show use coupon code Pulp MX when placing your order at btosports.com for a VIP listener discount. Certain brand restrictions will apply. For 2013, JT Racing enters its next generation with the all-new Evolve Light, ProTech, Enduro, and Limited Edition collections, taking quality and innovation to a whole new level. Also available in youth sizes, each collection is built with high-grade materials offering its own unique characteristics to meet the demands of today's riders, both recreationally and competitively. To find a dealer or view the entire collection online, log on to JTRacingUSA.com. Championship proven. Many motocross apparel brands make that claim, but only Thor can back it up. 
As America's first motocross apparel brand, Thor has set the standard for delivering the highest quality performance racewear on the market for the past 45 years. With champions like Ryan Villapoto, Blake Baggett, and Dean Wilson, to name a few, our products truly are championship proven. To see all the new 2013 products, visit ThorMX.com or head to your local Thor Parts Unlimited dealer. Thor, the official racewear of Supercross. Josh Grant, Weege, JGR, was good. Too bad he crashed in the uh, second moto, first in the sand whoops. Went down pretty hard. Go, going for it, right? Yeah, yeah. Going for it. Yeah, not scared. Um, you know, I, I listened to your, your interview you did with uh, J-Bone at the end of it, and it's, it's something that, like, it's like J-Bone's credo. If you go down trying to pass someone and you crash out for the day, good on you, mate. That's, yeah. like, encouraged. Like, they, they really don't like just finishing eighth. If you're... You crashed in the sand whoops in the first lap, passing Dungey for second. That yeah. was a risk worth worth taking. I feel like that's the way. Right, right. Because it, I think it alludes to that thing we talked about last week, like that. You're better off going out in a blaze of glory in this sport than you are consistently finishing 13th, Yeah, which is sad but true. Yeah, which, I mean, you know, that's, I mean, Tickle's not 13th, but he's been mostly invisible, you know, because he's that he's that guy. Yeah, it's not justice. That's not justice. It's not the way it should be. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, it is though. Uh, were you surprised that Jake Canada's finishes uh, anybody? Fifteen, uh, sixteen. I mean, not, not bad. No, that's pretty much what I told you. Yeah. I thought, uh, yeah, I thought around fifteenth or so. Um, but you were telling me he was going to be a great pick for fantasy or whatever. Um, what was he though on the day for fantasy? He was he was a four, a red Ooh, four, so okay. he fourteenth or better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's a great rider. I just think sitting out all summer is, you know. But, Not the greatest way to prepare yourself to come into a national. So uh, uh, I think he'll do better and better. He'll probably do incredibly well at Elsinore or something like that. You know, right? Uh, Reed seventh place. JT rode well. Second moto. And yeah, he's get he's getting there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I still he's want you know. There. I want more from him. I, I'm just not. I, I kind of am. Uh, my expectations are kind of reined in at this point. Um, I just know that he's not going to be the Chad Reed of years past right now. So uh, he's just doing everything he can, and um, you know, hopefully, hopefully improving. You know, it's it's better than it was like a month ago. That's for sure. So just uh, keep building, I guess. The second moto, it was Reed, Short, Weimer, Nicoletti, like. The gap stayed the same for thirty plus two minutes. Neither guy could, neither, nobody could make anything uh, with those four guys. It was like a second yeah, I, and a half between. Five. I honestly felt, I honestly felt like that. It was, it was kind of like that for everyone throughout the day. Yeah, uh, and I think it was just the track. The track was not ruddy. It wasn't rust. There wasn't a bunch of lines in it. So uh, I think that played, um, you know, against Dungeon Bill Poto crashing. I think normally on a. Mm-hmm. Typical Millville track, they they come through the pack and get to the front. But right, right. I just think the track wasn't rough and it wasn't hot and it wasn't uh, ruddy and it, all these things that make Millville, you know, the the conditions where we thought that those two would run away. So uh, I think that the track kind of caught everyone by surprise and it actually helped guys like uh, Trey and Barsha and Stewart who got the good starts. Yeah, the Honda guys, uh, they were they had their starts down. Their bikes are good on those long starts and. Same thing with Supercross. But when it's a long start, they're very confident their guys will be up front. So. Well, Trey mentioned uh, 
quite hilariously in the press conference, I said, is there anything you can even point at that was different this weekend because there was so much better? And then he said, yeah, it is, but I don't know if I can talk about it. And then he turned all red and started smiling and was, like, embarrassed and shy and afraid that he had said something wrong. And I'm waiting for, like, you know, Moto Concepts' top-secret technology to be busted right. out. Right. And he said, we we changed to a cable clutch. I don't know if I can really say this. We're not. We, I decided not to use the hydraulic clutch. Yeah, like... And, Try, I, I couldn't. The you level can say of secrecy right. is just beyond comprehension. The Hondas don't even come with hydraulic clutches production. So, what? Yeah. We switched back to the clutch setup that you could buy on your own Honda. Yeah. I don't want to tell anybody about this. <laughs> and he said it wasn't just, and I assume that was a start thing because, you know, anyone who's gone back and forth, you know, we've heard of so many riders who have gone from hydraulic to cable and back and forth, it screws up their starts. But he said, no, it was all over the track. It made a huge difference for him. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, Barsha went back too. Well, then, that was the inevitable question. Right. Hey, was Justin on it? And then he's like, oh, no. I really opened up a can of worms now. <laughs> and he's, like, staring back at the Honda PR gal in the back of the room, like, yeah. uh, can I do... Uh, well, come on. Yeah. Come on, people. I know, huh? Yeah, that's too bad. We need to be more open about that yeah. stuff. Yeah, I don't mean this is on Trey. Like, it's just the yeah. way these teams operate. Yeah. Ben LeMay had a good day, 16-14. Uh, Freeburg, 450 debut, 12th place, JT. Takamoto? Uh, yeah. No, he rode great. Um, so my Freebird, yes? Yes. Or yeah, ben, yeah. Or ben the first, well, the first moto, he crashed, or it would have been much better both motos, honestly. Oh, was he up there? Uh, he yeah. was, yeah, he was in the 30s um, at the beginning of the first moto and got all the way back to 19th. And then the second moto, he was 12, kind of 12 or 13 the whole moto, but uh, Tickle crashed, which moved him up. Um, so he was kind of 12 or 13 the whole moto, but solid. I mean, mm-hmm. Nobody was nobody was catching him from behind, and he really wasn't losing much time to the guys in front of him. So, right. uh, really impressive, honestly. All right, anything else in four fifties? I just want to mention on this track thing. Any fans listening to this, use this as caution the next time you're like, they need to just leave the tracks and make them as rough and gnarly as possible. The rougher, the gnarlier. That's good racing, because once again, it's yeah. proven to be quite the opposite. Uh, sad but true. Well, um, rough and gnarly sounds awesome. You can, but this was the best race of the year, action-wise, and no one's going to argue that. You can always point to I. I always point back to Lakewood when the lights were on, and the track mm. they didn't they didn't let, they left it smooth. They groomed it so smooth because the the shadows were a bit sketchy for the guys. And JT, you were still racing then, but the two lights motos were just phenomenal. I mean, just there wasn't a whole lot of passing, but eight guys were within you know a couple seconds. Um, because they could just pin it everywhere. Now, you can debate that all day long, but it was great racing. Yeah, I think that it, um, it was a little bit frustrating for racing, but uh, it was fun. The tracks were really fun, I yeah. can tell you that. Yeah. Uh, and, and for spectator-wise, it was, it was really good. Just if you were putting in a ton of work during the week and you felt really prepared, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't that much fun on that side of it because you didn't, right, right. didn't really matter. You could you could hang out all week and not get tired. So yeah, yeah. Um, two fifty class, yes, two fifties. Everybody, sounds good. Sure. Okay. Um, I want to talk right off the bat. Uh, how odd is it that in twenty fifth and twenty sixth place you have two Dakotas? Dakota Tedder got twenty fifth, and Dakota Kessler got twenty sixth. You just don't see like people to name Dakota and you don't see them finishing right, you know, with each other in the motos. Do we, do we nickname one North and one South? 
We can do that. Sure. It's really more uh, east and west, Dakota. Yeah. I mean, you got one for New Jersey, one for California. It's perfect. And when you really think about it, uh, uh, the Tedder family and the Kessler family probably live very similar lifestyles. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're yeah. very, you know, yes. when you think about yes. their upbringing. Cut from the same cloth. Yes, yes. When you really think about their upbringing, no doubt. Um, hey, I want to say, when I walked into the track Friday afternoon, the Dakota Kessler rig was parked in the corner of the pits. I was walking by it, and I was like, oh, no, oh, no. Will mm. it happen? Mm. And there he was. He was there? Like, it was kind of cloudy that day, but there was a, so there was sunshine beaming through like a beacon. Yeah. And there was Mick the Quick. And, Mick the Quick. Oh, yeah, that's been thrown out in Jersey circles. And he gave me a head nod. No, he didn't. Huge. I There's thought... some sort of acknowledgement that in some way, shape, or form, he knows I'm someone that he's seen before. I thought he was it... unaware of any of... of... I, I don't know. Maybe it's just he does that to everybody. He doesn't seem like the guy that would. He looks scary. Yeah, yeah, you made, you made eye contact. Yeah. Made eye contact. He sent the jersey in you. Yeah, the grease. There, there's a little bit of grease that you know as you walk it comes out, comes out of your shoes. Um, you know, now you got me on that subject. It reminds me, my sister had sent me a text on Saturday morning. So when I was done and left the track, I called her when I was leaving the track, mm-hmm. and she didn't answer her phone. And she texted me back. I'm not kidding. Can't talk now at Bon Jovi concert. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a joke. Uh. And then two hours later, when the concert ends, she texts me a photo of her. Husband with Chris Christie. At oh wow! The bon Jovi concert. Yeah, because the governor, of course, would be there, right? Like, can you? Right. I'm not making this up. Yeah. It's exactly what you think would happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's an awesome weekend for Jersey uh, all around. Yeah, I mean, Jovi probably played a week straight in Giant Stadium and sold out every night. Yeah, it was in Giant Stadium. There you go. Of course, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, we need a couple more million. Let's just do another concert over there. Yeah. I don't know. All I know is that the, there was a Sammy Hagar concert on Saturday night, and I was getting twit vids and Instagram videos, and people were sending emails to me with their from their phones, you know, just saying, where are you, man? You should be here. And I'm just like, ah. Oh. So, so why, don't, why don't we set up, Weege, at Unadilla? Why don't we set up an interview with you and Mick? Just like uh, with um, Carson? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we do something where you and you look and Mick, Mickey, he'll he's not he. We're not going to take advantage of him, but it's going to be gold because he's just going to be normal, as normal as you can get. I don't know. I don't know what he's like at all. I mean, you start off with Mick the Quick, so you're on. You know, you start off on the right foot right away. I'm here with Mick the Quick Kessler. You can talk about when he gave Hannah a run. Mm-hmm. You can talk. I mean, and that's all I got. Uh, fifth overall, five hundred nationals. <laughs> Fifth overall, 500 Nationals, I think, one year. Um, something like that. Top 10, I know that. Yep. I mean, we can either do a video, we can do something on video, we can do something where you transcribe it as something. we got to get you talking to Mickey Kessler. Maybe um, maybe he remembers you in a certain corner with a yellow flag. No, the worst part was he pretty much wasn't even racing by then. Oh, was that? There was almost no yeah. connection. I think maybe once. He would, like, bust out, of course, a CR500 or something. Yeah. Yeah. And race like once a year and just win the 500 class by like a minute. And everybody would go, he still got it. He uh, still got it. Um, you know, it's actually kind of unfortunate because at this point, 
even Dakota Kessler is probably owed something. Like, has anyone ever interviewed him or talked to him? Or No, right? yeah, good point. You're right, yeah. Like, I should have been like, hey, man, let's do a privateer profile, but I'm so scared of meeting his dad. Yeah. I couldn't do my job as a journalist. You, remember when you met Barry, he gave you a T-shirt, too. Oh, and he told me about that time that he, I ever remember I said, have you ever hit a flagger? And he said, yes, one time. My front wheel went right into his crotch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, if I could only have been there. <laughs> oh, that would have been your dream. It could have been my crotch. Okay. Um, like the 250 class. Okay, Roxon's crash. That was bad, JT. Yeah, and I've always seen pictures of it, but from what I saw, it didn't look great. Um, oh, it was like it like like the whoop monster bit him. Got a got a, just grabbed his wheel. Yeah, and, and I'm, I mean it. That's the unfortunate thing is I'm glad he's I'm glad he's all right. Obviously, first off, um, but the the unfortunate thing is now the points chase is just yeah. all the you know suspension's gone. So um. Um, I I heard that there was a. Uh, Quite a uh, scene. Don't go here. The... Don't go here. You, you okay? You already went one time with Kenny. You got your hand burnt. You gonna go there again? Okay. No, I just heard um, that there was a lot of uh, you know they're upset. That, uh, they were just basically upset with how it went. You know, I, I know he was hurt and he pulled off, and they were just bummed out. And there was oh that that he uh, pulled off. Yeah. So. Wow, he was pretty far back. No, no, I, I know. Yeah, I'm just right, reporting. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what happened last time? You just reported. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not going into details. <laughs> they were just they were just bummed out at the crash. Let's just go with that. Right. Yeah. Um, I thought it was uh, pretty good for him to line up for the second moto, and he rode hard. Got a uh, got a second. Um, Weijin, and we were hanging out in this truck after for a while. Yeah, I was surprised. I thought he'd be long gone. Yeah. Or mad or whatever. I but, uh, I, I saw Steph. Pretty much always cool to talk to, and, and somehow yeah. JT managed to hit the right nerve, I guess. I saw Stephanie Nutt, the KTM girl, PR girl, PR yep. woman, woman PR director. I don't know. I don't want to sound like sexist, but so she gave me, "Hey Mathis, who are you looking for? Kenny or Marvin?" <laughs> <laughs> Again, she gave it to me, and I said either one, and she said, "Oh, they're in the truck. Go in there," and that's how I ended up in there. And I said to Kenny. Marvin was getting rubbed down uh, with a massage. So I said, Kenny, are you doing interviews? And he said, yeah. So that's how we ended up talking. But I thought it was funny. Again, who are you looking for? Isn't there a third member of your team, Steph? (laughs) (laughs) Just two? I I could have sworn there was another one. Anyways. um, The reason I came over there was because I saw her and I said, hey, Roxon isn't around anymore, right? I figured he'd be long gone. And she was like, no, he's actually talking to Mathis right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then no interviewing is really done. We just kind of, Beaker was there, and I think everyone was. The best part was Moosecan is there getting a massage from Doc G. is face down. Yeah. But there's, he's still somewhat in the conversation. Well, and then I love the fact that Kenny, bless his heart, we were trying to say Marvin's got two world championships. Marvin got two. You only have one. Yeah. And he wasn't getting it. He wasn't really, yeah, yeah, but, but I my bike crashed or whatever. And we're just like, yeah, but he's got two. He has two. You have one. Basically saying he's the better rider, you know. Yeah, we couldn't, we couldn't, we couldn't make the Villapoto style. No, no, top work. Right, right. That's basically what it was, right? And Kenny was just like saying, "No, no, no," like, "No." <laughs> yeah, so. and then we we're like, "Oh, so you're saying if your bike hadn't blown up, you would have beaten him? It was only, it wasn't your fault." 
But then Moosecan's like face down on a masseuse chair. Yeah. Like just going, huh? Like not really <laughs> responding to that either. It wasn't working. No, it wasn't. I was, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was pretty funny. And then Kenny was just not, yeah, not just trying to offend himself. And then when you said that, he didn't want to look like a dick because you know, he was like, no, wait, no. And then he went over to Marvin and I don't know. It was weird. Um. Uh. All right. So, yeah, Eli Tomac, man, he was uh, great again. And, you know, we had talked about on the podcast, John Tomac went down. And he's got a dislocated elbow, got a twisted up thumb. Remember, we had said that he wasn't gnarly anymore. Oh, he's gnarly. Uh, I'm, I'm on. I'm not on record. I thought we said kind of because, like that. because he crashed, he wasn't gnarly anymore. Or maybe no, that, we did not. Absolutely did not. Okay. I, I feel that is okay, very okay. incorrect. Well, uh, my point was, I told him that we we said he wasn't gnarly anymore. So that's, no. that's you know what that might have just been like us joking around. But then Did I, you also dude. tell Metcalf that I hate him and I think he is a <laughs> yeah. terrible person? Are you serious? Well? No, I actually emailed Metcalf today and reminded him of that. Um, no, so, but then I told, but then John told me the whole story, and he was dripping blood because the bone had poked through. He couldn't use one hand because he had no t- no tricep attached to his elbow anymore, and he had his other hand was jacked up, and he had to bicycle back with one hand dripping blood. You know, mountain bike all the way back there, and I'm like, okay, you're gnarly again. He's like, oh, okay, all right. So you really have to be careful with your claim. You're you're volunteering claims of other people. Well, I sort of, I didn't, far too much. I didn't say Jason Wygant, Jason Thomas, but I swear it was you two guys or one of you guys where we were like, oh, Eli, you know, he crashed on a mountain bike. Eli's gnarly now, and John's not because you know how could the God, how could the mountain bike Jesus crash on a mountain bike? Right? Like that's just. That's totally different than saying it's not gnarly. I did say to him, I said, man, if it happens to you, it can happen to anyone. That's scary. That's totally different than saying you're not gnarly. Well, anyways, listen, I was complimenting listen. him as I said that. I didn't say your two names. I just said we, okay? I said we. It could have been me and you know John Knowles or me and uh, you know Stephanie Nutt or me and you know anybody. Um, so I didn't mention your two names. And then, then I said I did complete damage control and said, no, no, I, you're gnarly again. You're gnarly again. He's like, oh, okay. I said, that's crazy because – he was really struggling to get back, and he was—he said he was dripping blood out of his glove and couldn't use his hand, and his tricep was detached, and you know, so. Well, I got gnarly proof of how gnarly he is. Okay, last week you saw him with the two casts on last week, right? Yeah. So a couple of us go to dinner on Friday night, and he and Eli happen to be eating dinner in the same place, but the casts are effing gone already. Yeah, yeah, like a brace and then like a yeah, two braces. But at dinner he had nothing. No braces. Oh. Nothing. This Nine small... days or something after the yeah. bone sticking out crash, he's just sitting there with his hands in his pockets like nothing had happened. Like he just willed and knitted the bones together by like sheer force of man. Yeah, he had nothing at the airport <laughs> this morning either, too. I was, I there you like, go. I, I got upgraded, he did not. I was like, Oh man. He does not need to be upgraded. He upgrades himself when he wants. Man, we could start a whole string of those, couldn't we? Yeah, Chuck Norris. Um, yeah. You downgraded it. You downgraded him in your conversation. Let me ask you guys because for the first time, I think, like in forever, I didn't watch the second 250 moto. I watched a little bit of it on TV. I went back to the all the jackasses in the media. They they upload all their stupid photos and they they crash the internet and they make it basically unusable because you know there's 14 dudes putting galleries up. And so I couldn't get our pre-race podcast up. So I went back to the media tent, 
in between the motos to upload the podcast, and I was successful at it. And then I started watching the race from TV, and then I was like, you know what? Villapoto is going to split, and I need to talk to him. And so I went to his truck, and then I was on my way back to go watch the rest of the moto, and I got interrupted by some Canadians. There was a lot of them there. And uh, I ended up talking to them, and then I was like, you know what? The moto's almost over. Screw it. I'm going to do some interviews. So I never watched the second moto. What happened to Jeremy Martin? Like, was he up there? Was he unable to? I haven't watched him on TV either. So, Yeah, he just couldn't replicate just, it. He really okay. had a good start. I think he was second at one point. Oh, okay. So it was just like maybe just whatever. just wasn't happening. Cause, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, that you know, again, that pack's so close there, like, if you're a hair off, that's the difference seeing this. He didn't drop like a stone, but it was like, oh, yeah. now he's in third, now he's in fourth, right, right. and ended up seventh. Well, still a good ride, though. He led, led for a oh, while. Oh, yeah. I was, in, I was watching with his dad, John, in the tower in Kenny Watson's secret hideaway spot <laughs> um, while he was winning. So, And then John was actually handling it pretty well. He was like, oh, man, he's coming. He's talking about Tomac. And then he's like, he said to me, why does he got to be so, so much in shape or so good in shape <laughs> about Tomac? So. You know, he was handling it pretty well. He wasn't being a, you know, a father who was insane like we've seen. Um, so Martin was all right. Uh, Jason Anderson, first ever podium. We each, I, I, I found him after the race, and he, he was kind of busting on me a little bit. He was, like, he was like, oh, was that just a solid ride? Was that another solid ride by me? Was that another solid? I'm like, what are you talking about? Do I always say he's solid? I don't even know. But I, I go, it was better than solid. He got third. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm confused. What is he mad about? I, I don't know. He was just busting on me. He wasn't really mad, but he was just cracking on me saying how solid he was. Or or do I think he was solid? Or I don't know. I'm confused. Was it his home race? I think so. With Tomac gone, with uh, Roxon gone, maybe Baggett gone. Probably not, but maybe Baggett gone. Uh, next year, Jason Anderson is going to be the man in that class. You know, I know we've been saying that all along, but then I just realized uh, Muscan is not leaving. No, you know, yeah. Who's got four I mean, four for second? I, I think overall. we're expecting a, a, a Anderson to continue to improve. I don't. I don't. I didn't say he was going to win. I just he'll no. be a guy. So 2014 is the year of the Anderson. That's not what that means. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Will Hahn, two hole shots again. Good thing they're giving him the hole shot motor, JT. Uh, yeah, I think he's pretty much got that wrapped up. Right. Jeez. <laughs> Keep saying it. it's 15 grand, man. It's a lot of money. That hole. That hole shot motor. That yeah. Tyco's been working on. Right. Um, did you guys like the poor moto, the bad moto luck thing that I said to him? Oh, it's hard. Oh, it was pretty brutal. I know, but he made fun of Pulp Max, so I figured I had it open. It yeah, open he started it. He right. started. You, you kind of, uh, you know, it was much my like, patented move where yes, you yes. kill a mosquito with a hand grenade. Yeah, that was much like you. I definitely felt like that. Much with like you and your feuds. Uh, Osborne had a tough day. I talked to him today via text. He just said his bike cut out in a second uh, practice, and he didn't he didn't feel comfortable, so he only got one practice in. And then he said it started like kind of hesitating on the line a little bit for the second moto, so just wasn't his day. Eleven nine for Osborne. He he had never he hadn't been at the track since two thousand and five, and he had said he'd never been to Washougal ever. But then he said he'd been there for a KTM fifty photo shoot. So I corrected him that he had been there. So now we're kind of arguing about whether or not, like, the 50 shootout helped him in Washougal because he got third one moto. And he should have done a 50 shootout or a photo shoot at Millville at, at some point, and that would have helped him. He does not. He disputes this. 
Uh, seen Cirillo, yeah. seen Cirillo, nine twelve. Seen Cirillo, nine twelve. What'd you see out of him, JT? Um, yeah, I honestly was looking for a little bit more from him. Um, <clears throat> he was kind of in a battle with Justin Hill a lot of the day, so I was kind of int- you know intrigued to see how that would play out because both of them are rookies, and obviously, uh, if you had to pick between the two, you would think that Adam is kind of the future, and Justin is kind of on the teetering on the fence a little bit, you know, with this. Well, what's... I'm interested because Washuga was really good for Justin, but it's home track, right? But mm-hmm. Weege uh, and JT, I mean, so seventh, I mean, that, that shows you something right there. That's good. I thought he rode fine. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't as good as that Washugo, but he definitely had, uh, he was moving forward. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, it was a, you know, it wasn't a top five finish or anything, but, I think if you're Mitch Payton, you're kind of like, well, you know, you're not you're not winning races, but I'm not going to send you at arena cross at the same time either. So um, you just you just want him to improve and show the promise that you know the reason that Mitch gave him a ride, you know. So, uh, so I I felt like it was it was an improvement on what had been going on maybe like six weeks ago. Right. So we we shouldn't write off Justin Hill yet. Uh, yeah, I think it was a definite, like, okay, you could have easily chalked up the Washougal thing to uh, yeah. home track bit. Yeah. But I think if you look at it, like the boost he got there, he was definitely better post-Washougal than he was before. Um, and again, I don't think his results have even been that bad. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You've went into, you went into this long explanation last week. I think he's week, been good. Yeah. I think he's been pretty good this year. He's a rookie. You know? Just the standards are so high on that team, you know? It doesn't help, for sure. Martin Davalos went 14-13, so... You know, there's that. Solid day. Solid day. Hey, by the way, the Roxham crashed there. I mean, Tomac obviously came all the way back, won both motos, starting like 10th. Roxham was in second when he went down. Um, What do you think? Like, we're just thinking about it from the perspective of, oh, Roxham lost all these points. But might he have even won that moto? Like, was it that big of a swing? I don't know. Uh, Oh, wow. Tomac was on it. Yeah, I don't. Are you saying he would have won it? Are you saying no? No, I don't know. I'm saying, like, oh. I don't know. Like, what do you think would have happened? It's, it's, it's up for debate because uh, he was in second and Tomac was in, like, eighth at the time. Yeah, I think Tomac would have got him. Yeah. In case you haven't noticed, Eli Tomac's got some serious momentum right now. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, Is there any – I mean, he wins this thing right now. If you had to – what is his odds of winning this title right now, Weege? I mean, anything can happen, of course, but – I mean, are they 80% chance, 90% chance he wins this title? He looks that good, that unbeatable? And the amount of points with the amount of motors that are left and, and the momentum that he has, I mean, this is its pretty darn good. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'll go in the 90s for yeah, sure. Points yeah. and momentum? Yeah, yeah, I think so. JT, same thing? Yeah, and I mean, I called them to win it before all this stuff happened this weekend, so... Uh, hard to hard to not pick him now. That's for sure. Right, right. Um, Bogle's been good. Baggett Baggett was good in the second moto. I saw him moving forward in the second moto. So, yeah, he kind of. I don't know how big an impact it was. He was um, he was leading and holding Roxon back there pretty good. And I'm like, wow, he might win this because again, Tomac was like ninth yeah. at the time. Yeah. And then it started to rain. You'll see on the TV show, man. I mean, he must have pulled 12 tear-offs in one lap. Every jump, two, three pulls. 
Uh, and then he said in the podium that he had the rain got in between the tear-offs, and he was just trying to pull them, I guess, until he finally got through that one. Oh, Johnny, and Johnny Knowles. I know. Knowles is going to be just suicidal over it. But, I mean, the difference, it was like he was ahead by two seconds. It started to rain. Roxon was right on him. He was pulling tear-off. Roxon passed him. Roxon left him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I need to watch it. Uh, Tyler Rattray also had a goggle problem. Oh, Johnny Knowles. Oh, man. <laughs> Someone told me that uh, – that he, he he's quit dip. He hasn't dipped forever, uh, a year, two years, whatever it is. He he dipped last Knowles? night. Yeah, and he dipped last night. <laughs> he's 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 on his substances. He's back on his substances. That's how serious he takes <laughs> his stuff. Um, Let's for Knowles' sake. You know what we need to do? When I see him at Loretta's tomorrow, I'll tell him. Hey, there was always Millville, whatever that was. Oh yeah, bring up that story. Right, right. Yes. Bring there it. he. Hepler was the only guy in the line with Roloffs because Noel said it will rain in about ten minutes, and Hepler crushed everybody and then thanked Noel's on the podium because he was the only guy with Roloffs. So some, <laughs> sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, and I'm sure Noel's probably didn't sleep for a week. No one, one takes goggles as serious as John Noel's. No, no. I mean, right? There's nobody. No one takes any product as seriously as he takes goggles. <laughs> That's probably a good point. <laughs> like Mitch Payton doesn't take motors as serious. As John Knowles takes goggles. Oh. Um, the, the, we had dinner with him on Friday night. Uh, he, he's, he's threatening to punch an industry person in the face because they're not, uh, they're not on the Scott bandwagon in, in some – it's a long story. and There's probably two sides to it. We're only hearing one. But he's so intense. He's I'm gonna JT, I'm going to punch that guy in the face. And we're like, Yeah, wow. I, felt, I felt dirty after it. <laughs> Like I almost incriminated. Like, like I, don't tell me this because if anything random happens to this person, I'm I I don't want to know. I I was thinking to myself, there's just nobody that would care to punch anybody in the face about what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so we just keep an eye on him. He's a loose cannon at this point. He's a loose cannon. <laughs> like I hope his bosses know what a great company man he is. Like they need to double his salary. No doubt, right? Right. They, Do his bosses know this? That he's there is no one that is more of a company man than John with Scott. <laughs> I I can't I can't argue with that. <laughs> um, you know, like uh, they always like serial killers. They always find serial killers if they look back in their past. They uh, they tortured animals or whatever. Or, you know, they 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 did all these things as little kids or kids that you're like, oh man, you know, we sh- we saw so many signs. That's gonna be all of us when Knowles goes crazy one day. You know, like all of us will be like in a in you know. Uh, oh yeah, they'll be interviewing one of us like in a trailer park. Right. Well, you know, we we found this cat one time, and he was dissected. And, um, and he had roll off. He was just a trouble. He was always a troubled one. And, and he, the cat had roll off film all over him. He was like mummified and roll off film. <laughs> you know, so when he snaps, all of us cannot say that we did not see signs. <laughs> it's just it's just not possible. He's had a tough day. Tough day, John Knowles. Uh, and it was also the 2014 launch of Scott Goggles, too. You know? Oh, no. And he told me, he texted me on Thursday, and he said, we're going to crush it with our new colors. <laughs> like, I no, don't think that, Knowles. I that's how it works. No, Knowles, nobody noticed the new colors. Like, like, do you think there was one person who was like, oh, man. Oh, man, they went back to, they went back to orange this wow. year. Wow. A solid red strap. They're crushing they haven't it. Been, they haven't <laughs> been back to orange in at least four years. Right, right. 
Yeah. We're going to crush it with our colors. <laughs> like, oh, like, 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 like you said, Weege, give him a raise. There's nobody. Yeah. yeah. He's the ultimate cheerleader for his own brand. I don't, I don't know how you even get like that. Yeah. Like he, companies would pay, pay tens of thousands of dollars to have trainers come in to get people to that level. Have either, there already. have either one of you ever heard, I'm sure you have heard his thing about the bicycles. Like, about how the bicycles kill it. They're the best bicycles in the world. Everybody wants a Scott bike, even if they don't wear, even if they wear another brand of goggles. You guys all heard that? No, yeah, I, I actually it's bought a bike from them, but uh, and a bike good, but I didn't know that part. But it sure, yeah, yeah it sounds yeah. believable. No, even guys from other companies want to want to ride Scott bicycles. So, what about the paper towels? The paper towels, the most absorbent. They crush all other. Why? What? Scott paper towels. Scott oh. paper towels. It's not the same company, but it's <laughs> right. called Scott. Doesn't matter. So I wonder do those do they crush with their absorption? Right. Bounty Bounty can suck it. What we need to do, and I've never done this to them. We need to all bring up casually. Hey, uh, the plastic boot thing, man. Uh, what happened with that? <laughs> <laughs> Guaranteed, he turns that thing around to the fact where it's, it was consumer's fault that those that those didn't work. You know, like somehow. You know, you know, some, oh, I know what it is. No, I, damn it. I know what he said about those. Are you talking about the, like the 1984 one? No, no, the new one, the new ones, like five years oh, ago. The, yeah, well, we know who raced him with him. Who wore him? Oh, Timmy Ferry, mm-hmm. the genius boot. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. his, his bright side of that was we sold them to a recycling plant and we made more money than what it cost us in melting down the plastic. That was it. <laughs> like he turned destroying them into a positive that Scott got a lot of money for, for recycling them. <laughs> we shut down the program and it was profitable. Right, right. Basically that's what it was. Right. We launched yep. something. It was, it, it didn't work and we shut it down and we made money on it. That's how good we are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you know, you're good when you can terminate a program and make money doing it. Yeah, right. Right. You should just launch stuff and close it and profit off of that. <laughs> So they should have actually, instead of made boots, just make the plastic and then just continually <laughs> yeah, recycle it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We made a bunch of plastic and we crushed it with the plastic. We sold a recycling plant. Churn <laughs> oh. out plastic and just keep recycling the endless cycle of money. <laughs> right, 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 right. It's a brilliant business plan. What do you guys make? Plastic that we recycle. <laughs> we make plastic that we recycle. Oh. Poor John Knowles. Hopefully nobody listens to this and knows him. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't buy dinner too, JT. I thought it was I thought he was buying dinner. I thought we were in. Uh, gotta watch the budget. They're new launch. Bunch of mar- mar- you know, money and marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They crushed it uh at dinner too. Okay. All right, yep. anything else? Uh BTOsports.com, Racer X podcast presented by Thor MX, uh, Millville wrap up. Have fun at Loretta's, Weege. Um, um, don't blow your voice out too much. Don't drink too much. Stay away from the brownies. Cookies. Oh, cookies? Okay. Mm-hmm. Stay away from those, I hear. Actually, just stay away from anything Titchener is really the right. Um, if you would, I would also like, if we do a wrap-up from Loretta's, you don't need to name any names, but hopefully you'll have some Moto Mom stories. Well... Speaking of that, uh, the Verb guys, um, who I do the, the Race Motocross show with, 
like it's like they've they've they're counting the days. Like they've already got them scouted. Yeah, because they're so into you know they know the amateur <laughs> scene so well. Right, right, right. They might as well just have baseball cards of the moms. <laughs> right. And yeah, there's something not okay with that. Yeah. It's well. Yeah, yeah. but I, I remind people with Loretta's. Remember, some of the riders down there are like eight. So we're not talking fifty year old moms here. Right. Yeah. No, we we had a. Brotocross and, and Wes here on the Pulp Show, and it didn't take them long to talk. Start talking about the moms. It didn't take them long at all. You know, they went over the the list of hot prospects, Bisaglia and McElrath, and then they went into the list of hot moms. You know, like yeah, I see it. I believe it. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm gonna stay out of that. Uh, all right, guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing the podcast, and uh, yeah, talk to you later. All right, guys. All right, see you guys. Bye. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show brought to you by RacerX. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself that's it you know and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that you know that i was going to miss the daughter ron machine until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying it's like beating a dead horse i mean you know and i know from personal experience did anybody ever sit me down of course they did everybody did go circuits mitch payton there's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled pitch and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX on the iTunes Store to enjoy these and many more great podcasts.